Hello, lovely people. How are you now? Are you in the mood for a conversation full of colour and joy? Well, let me introduce you to Fran. I didn't know whether uh, you know anyone was going to walk through the door. <laughs> Hundreds of people can walk through the door. You know, so I'm 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 lucky that it turned out. But I think you know I was fully prepared to give it a go for a year or so, and if it didn't work out, walk away. And I'm still prepared to do that. Fran Harkness lives in Eastern in Bristol, and for a long time was thinking there weren't any little gift shops near her. She'd worked for years at the Folk House in the city as a programs manager, and she also knew how full the area was of talented artists and creators. So what did she do? She set up BAM. Bam Bristol is a not-for-profit shop and space on a mission to support local artists and promote creativity. She stocks mainly work of people living nearby and encourages everyone to tap into those creative juices by holding workshops. Any profits then go back into the local community. Fran believes sometimes we just need to look closer to home for what we're all looking for. We talk about the importance of friends in next chapters, trusting our gut instinct and understanding we can't always be good at everything Sometimes we need help. Fran is honest, hopeful and as joyous as all the colourful creations in her store. I loved meeting her and I really hope you will too. Hello and welcome to The Next Chapter by Ellie Barker. The idea behind this podcast is that as I start my next chapter from journalist to author, I speak with some incredible people who've already started their next chapters in the hope it might help you with your next chapter, or at the very least, you'll just enjoy the conversation. So here she is, Fran Harkness. Fran Harkness, we've been trying to do this for a little while. I'm so pleased we're doing this. Welcome to The Next Chapter by Ellie Barker. Oh, well, thank you very much for inviting me on. Oh, well, I've been following you for a while, Fran. I saw you, first of all, when Holly Tucker came to Bristol and she visited your store because I'm a big fan of hers. And I saw and that sort of introduced me to what you were doing. But I've been looking at your Instagram and it's just I mean, it's just amazing. So we just get going. So we start as ever with the prologue. So where did you grow up, Fran? And what kind of childhood did you have? Um, Well, I grew well. So my dad was a doctor. So we moved around quite a lot, but mainly, um, so I, yeah, we moved all over the place when I was, uh, before I was five. And then when I, when I was five, we moved to London. So mainly I grew up in London and, um, yeah, he was a, um, a surgeon at Great Ormond Street. So, um, uh, you know, that, yeah, that's why we were in London and, um, yeah, I had a very happy childhood. Um, I've got, um, I've got, um, a brother and two sisters. My two sisters are like um, quite a bit younger, but um, so it was quite a busy house. And um, yeah, we were really lucky uh, when we first moved to London. We lived in Battersea, and we were really close to Battersea Park. So um, yeah, lots of time gallivanting around there. And um, yeah. And did, were you, what kind of people were you at school? I mean, obviously your dad being a doctor, I mean, that's incredible. Great Ormond Street as well. But were you interested in science at all? Or were you always no. towards the arts? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. And my dad, obviously, my dad was like a very, very intelligent man. And all four of us are, well, no, I wouldn't say that we're not intelligent, but we're none of us sort of went into that kind of science or medicine or anything like that. Um, we're all much more kind of arts based, um, but there was never any pressure to be anything or do anything. It was always very much, you know, 
do what interests you and what you enjoy doing. So we're quite lucky in that respect. Yeah, that's really good. What about your mum? Did, was she artistic? Or is she artistic at all? Um, I, w- I don't want to. <laughs> she's very, um, she's very like, she used to make us these amazing cakes. She's very creative. Um, I don't think she would say that, but she is very creative. Yeah, she used to make these like incredible birthday cakes. She does a lot of um, tapestry. She does these sort of since, um, you know, our generation. So me and my cousins have started getting married. She does these beautiful tapestries with like the initials and makes them into cushions for everyone. So and she's very like her garden is amazing. Um, So, yeah, she's very she is very creative, I would say. And I think that's probably the same for most of us. Um, my sister is a landscape architect and she is really great at drawing. But I would say that all of us are, um, yeah, creative rather than artistic, maybe. Mm, mm, a very good way of saying it, actually. I hadn't looked at it like that before. So at school, were you more than for your arts? Did you like, is that what you like doing at school? Yeah, I did, um, you know, I did like photography, um, for my A-levels, I did photography, theatre studies, textiles. Yeah, it was all kind of the more, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, creative things. I mean, I wasn't bad. I wasn't bad at school, but I was definitely much more interested in, you know, I, I like I wasn't very good at science. I did biology and that was it. Um, <laughs> I wasn't very good at maths. Um but, you know, yeah, so I, I wasn't, but I think I'm the type of person and definitely pupil wise that if I'm not really interested in something, then I probably don't give it my all, which is not necessarily a great characteristic trait, especially when you're running your own business. Um, but, um, but yeah, no. So I think, uh, yeah, you know, I was just, it, I, I, I put more into what I'm interested in. Mm, but that's natural. I mean, there is... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, we, I was doing an interview a couple of weeks ago with Northam Millie Johnson and she was saying this, like people just chase something that they think they should do. But actually, if you just really love arts or you like interiors, you'll read all the books, you'll, you'll be an expert on it. And then it just makes life so much easier if you're doing something you have a real interest in. Yeah, definitely. I would totally agree with that. I, so when you were at school, did you have an idea what you wanted to do for a living? Oh, not at all. <laughs> not at all I think when I was when I was like much younger I you know if you know when you get asked what do you want to be when you grow up I would always you know at first I would always say like an actress and then a photographer but I mean I didn't really have any you know burgeoning desires um and even if you'd asked me 10 years ago what I wanted to do I probably uh, well actually if you ask me now I'm not really sure what I want to do (laughs) Um, well there's more next chapters I think I think I'm I think I'm not alone in that you know the sort of wiggle of life has just sort of has kind of led me here and I'm very happy to to be doing what I'm doing Mm. um but I didn't necessarily set out to do it Mm-hmm. Well, we will work out how you did as we as we go through this conversation. <laughs> so, so when you left school, and I know that your first chapter was here in Bristol at the Folk House, which I love the Folk House, um, and you were a program manager here. So, how did you get from Battersea to the Folk House? Oh well, actually, I well, I did my degree in photography at Nottingham, mm-hmm. and I was I, and then when I left uni, I actually worked for Jellycat, the toy company okay. for. A year or so um 
which was <laughs> it was really fun. Um, but there was a lot of time down in the archives sorting out all the <laughs> amazing cuddly toys. Wow, that sounds good. Um, uh, and so yeah, so that was like you know. Oh, I w- I also um, worked for a photographer's um, agent for a bit, sort of um, assisting them. That was mainly kind of you know um, being a bit of a runner. But but I got to go on a few shoots and things, so that was really exciting. Um, and then I then I did my PGCE, so then I was teaching photography for a bit in um, Nottingham, and yeah, then decided to move to Bristol in two thousand and eight in October, and I couldn't get a job for love nor money. I ended up working at the um, Jaguar car sales room in ah, Bristol. Okay, I know what you mean. Yes, it was only it was only two weeks. It was probably the worst two weeks of my life. Um, it was very, very much a low point. Um, but, yeah, and also I had just moved to Bristol and I got this job and I was literally like, what have I done? I had this like really nice, you know, teaching job in Nottingham. I don't understand what I've done. Um, but yeah. And then, uh, uh, after a few months, I, um, I was really lucky. I got this job at the folk house and, um, uh, yeah and um so when i first started um there was it, it was a really like full program but it, but basically i just grew it over the 5 years that i was there and um it was really fun and it was uh sort of tapping into kind of i guess the organizational uh things that i like like in some ways i'm quite chaotic but i also like really organizing <laughs> um so um yeah, so we did a lot of, you know, there was the courses, but also we started things like, you know, markets and um, different events. Um, so, yeah, it was a really, f- it was a it was a varied, I mean, I think, you know, if you work anywhere for five years, there's going to be, you know, high points and low points. But overall, I had a really wonderful time there. And I have, yeah, I'm always raving about the Folk House. It's quite a special place. And what made you decide to come to Bristol? What, if you're in Nottingham, because Nottingham's lovely, what, why did you decide to come to Bristol? Um, well, I wanted to move. Um, I sort of felt like I had been there a long time. I was at uni there then um, my PGCE there and then I had been teaching there so I'd been there a long time and I felt like I was up for a change and um, my boyfriend who is now my husband uh, got a new job in Bristol and I was sort of weighing up between moving Br- Bristol or Brighton and um, yeah he got a job here so that made that a bit easier um, an easier decision to make and um yeah so we moved here um in well he he had moved in the summer but yeah I moved here October 2008 and then I started working at the folk house in the January wow and had you met him at university um yeah uh, no no he was living in London uh we met at um a friend's Christmas party and then and first met at a friend's Christmas party and then met, met again at the same person's Christmas party two years later. <laughs> ah, 
oh, I love stories like that, Francie. That's another story, really. <laughs> That's like for my romance books. I love those. I yeah. love those stories. <laughs> but we're, I'll pause it for another day, but do want to know about that one. Um, and so oh, that's such a good idea for a book, isn't it? You keep going to a to a party and then you meet. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm off. I forget. Sorry, apologies. So, so there you are. So, for those listening who don't know the folk house, how would you describe the folk house? Because, like you say, it's very special in Bristol, isn't it? Yeah. So it's um, the folk house is an adult education centre um, that has been going since the 1920s. Um, so they recently had their hundredth. Uh, anniversary or centenary which is a bit sad because I now that I'm saying it I guess it was during lockdown Mm -hmm. so um, but while I was there we did the 90th uh, celebrations which was really fun Um, but yeah it's an adult education centre it's entirely self-funded so they run lots of courses and workshops there's also gigs markets you know and there's a pottery studio there there's now a dark room since I left um, but, you know, the courses range from French, Spanish, English, oil painting, stained glass, pottery, um, you know, over 60s keep fit, uh, <laughs> yoga, you know, dance, everything. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a real it's a real really kind of special place with. Uh, well, when I was working there, a, like, you know, fun group of people. So yeah. and it's got a lovely cafe when I was working there that was run by um, Liz Horton. Uh, who yeah did amazing organic food and so yeah it was I've made like some of my best friends are from working there my best friends from Bristol are from working there so I feel really lucky that um yeah I got to have that experience yeah I bet you do and and it's right in again for anyone listening who doesn't know Bristol it's, it's right off of Park Street which is the big steep hill in Bristol so you're right in the heart and just what a special place to be a special place and then a, a special part of Bristol as well yeah it's really and it's kind of it's actually sort of uh you have to go down like a little alleyway off park street so actually there are loads of people who don't know about about it at all and um you know i when i was working there you'd have people who would walk past every single day for years and years and then be come in and be like what is this place because <laughs> it just sort of opens yeah. out into this sort of big space behind park street um but yeah so it's a really like you know bustling and you know I mean Park Street's changed a bit but it is still mainly you know kind of a lot of independent shops Mm. and things so um yeah it's a fun yeah it was a fun place to be and you know obviously it's right next to the university Mm. so it's quite you know there's quite a lot going on there were some funny sites you know I mean I bet but um yeah no it was great it was good Oh, just so lovely. So, so you liked working there. I mean, so you were saying you you had your you could use your kind of organisational skills. Were you using your photography in any way there? Could you could you do that? No, no, not really. I think um, uh, it's funny actually. This has come up quite a lot, quite a few times recently, talking to people, um, and I think actually. Uh, in a way, my degree kind of. I wouldn't say killed it, but it definitely sort of dampened my enthusiasm for photography. Um, I I mean, I still love it, but I think it made me realise that I didn't really want to pursue it. I think it, it, in a way, you know, studying something like that, Mm. um, it either really drives you or maybe it kind of, you know, sort of sucks the joy out of it a little bit. Mm. Um, And for me, 
I feel like maybe it did a little bit. But I, I mean, I really enjoyed teaching it. Um, I loved teaching it. But again, that came with so many, mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, a different, um, you know, it's, it's you know, so much admin and, yeah. um, you know, why students were there was kind of a bit of an issue. But, it, you know, I think a lot of people were choosing it because they thought it was a soft option. And so then you had all of those sort of fights. But I think, um, yeah, no, I wasn't using it at the folk house. Um and yeah it was quite basically the whole time that I was working there there was like you know uh kind of occasional chats about turning one of the spaces into a dark room which obviously I was always like really like yeah let's do it and um uh yeah it didn't happen but it has happened now so that's really good and I think that um that's something that they've been able to grow which is great Mm. it's nice to have those resources Mm, of course it is in the city that's interesting though isn't it because I bet there's people listening to this who think, oh, you know, they may have done a degree which they found a bit boring, to be honest, and again, doing what what you think you should be doing. Um, and that, But to do something like ph- photography, which is obviously was such a passion of yours, interesting that you did it. And then was it, do you think it just because you did it too much or you sort of, it became more of a chore rather than something that you just love doing? Yeah. Um, and also... I think, a, you know, a certain amount of it is, um, you know, when you're studying these things at school, um, so I did photography A-level and, you know, was one of the, you know, I got like really high marks and stuff. Um, and then you go to university and you realise that actually there's loads of people that are much better than you, <laughs> which is fine. And that's part of life. And that's <laughs> a is, good thing yeah. to, to, you know, to understand. But um, I think it, maybe it gives you a bit of a reality check. Um, and, um, you know, and I do, I mean, people say to me, oh, do you, do you still do photography? I mean, I take 100 million photos every single day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I do implement a lot of what I learnt, but, you know, mainly just photos of the shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. And so that's, you know, I guess I'm doing um, product photography every day, but um, just as part of something larger. Yeah, yeah, which we'll go on to. Incredible, though, really, when you think about it, because I suppose when you did that degree, you were probably thinking at the time, perhaps going down a different route. But in today's world with social media and the fact that taking photos is such, and for you running your business now, is such an important part, actually, you were setting yourself up for what you you have gone on to do, but probably didn't realise it at the time. (laughs) Yeah. A little yeah, bit, totally. a, a little bit of a detour, but <laughs> yeah. still amazing, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when you were at the folk house, so so obviously you you married your lovely husband, and then I think you've got three children, if that's if I'm yeah. correct. There, and it was while so while you were at the folk house, um, this you had a little, you had you had an idea. There was, and you, I'll let you explain it. But how I understand it is around artists and supporting local artists and there was something that was just sort of brewing inside you well I had always um I mean I think a little bit of me had always loved the idea of having a shop but I was still you know very much you know um you know I was I was at the folk house so it wasn't anything more than like a little kind of uh idea but um when I had um my son um it just didn't make any 
financial sense to go back. Mm. Um, you know, childcare being yeah. what it is yeah. in the UK. Absolutely. Um, it just it just didn't make any sense whatsoever. So um, I left my job there, and I sort of did bits and pieces. So I did. Um, you know, I did some social media work and I I ran events. So we used to do, um, myself and uh, my friend Daisy used to run these events that were kind of daytime party, family art events. So we'd have DJs and there'd be a bar and, but there'd be loads of stuff for the kids to do. And, you know, so it was like, um, have like entertainment for the kids. So we had Dragon Bird Theatre one time, we had Poco Drum, who's uh, great. So it was enjoyable for the adults, but it was fun for the kids as well. Um, so we did that, we did that for about two years and we did them sort of all over Bristol. Um, we did one at the Folk House, we did one, uh, but we also did them, um, yeah, I can't remember now, <laughs> just loads of places. Um, South Bank, uh, we did loads at the Old Market Assembly. Um, and then, and through that, I um, we had on, uh, to a lot of those events, um, Karen and Alice from Let's Make Art would come along. And so they do like uh, a craft, an art corner, um, which was always really lovely. Um, and then we did um, a big event with them at Ashton Court where we for um the big draw which is like a national um I'm not actually sure if that's still going on after Covid but anyway um and then that was the last event I did before um opening the shop in um November 2019. So so were you all the time um, so, so to explain what BAM is, I mean, it's just been, how how do you describe it, Fran? Um, well, the 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 shop, you mean? Yeah, yeah, and that, and because yeah. it's it's sort of your, it's more than a shop, though, isn't it? It's much, much more than a shop. Well, yeah. Well, basically, what happened was while I was doing all those events, I was also doing. I kind of was running a bit of a blog um, that was basically about the art scene in Bristol and uh, with kind of a focus on you know um, families so family friendly art events or you know things that were going on so you know I would go and interview people and review things you know review exhibitions and things and it was really it was really fun I met loads of people through doing that and just kind of became a bit more aware of what was going on in the city um, and then, yeah, so then um, a space, but basically I had kind of thought about doing a shop, but there were just no spaces um, near near us in Easton. And then um, the building that I passed almost every day going to the playground um, was finally, it had been derelict for like four years. Um, and um, they, it finally started getting developed. And on the little, I don't know what they're called, you know, the piece of paper where it tells you what what they're going to be doing on a building um, that's nailed to the lamppost. On that, I hadn't read it, obviously, but Henry one day said, it, which he probably regrets to this day, he said, did you know that there's going to be two commercial units in that building? And I was like, right, that's it. I was like, that's it. Um, so I basically just badgered them until they let me into the building. <laughs> 
<laughs> and um and I think they were a bit like I don't know what they thought that they that what kind of business they envis- envisioned getting in there but I'm pretty sure it wasn't me <laughs> and when I first when the the guy that I was sort of dealing with I get, he kept saying to me so what is it again and I described it to him and he went oh I see so so like so like WH Smith I was like no no not the not like I'm really Smith. I don't think they could really like get their head around it. But basically what we have in the shop is, um, you know, there's a big focus on local artists, local makers, local small businesses. So we stock a lot of those, not exclusively. You know, we also stock small businesses from around the country because I like them. <laughs> um, but, you know, the emphasis is on colourful like uplifting you know happy products that are well made there's no no tat (laughs) and we also host um workshops and events so um you know I'm so lucky because we just have like the most amazing bunch of people come and teach last night we had book binding um which was really lovely we have Hannah Broadway um who's a local artist she comes once a month and does a grown-up craft club where we make different things last month we made little shrines and you know we're doing statement jewelry you know I have you know printmakers come and do lino printing and um yeah, all different sorts of things. So I just feel really lucky that I've been able to, um, yeah, build up all these amazing people to come and um, share their experience, their expertise and their creative uh, abilities and share that with, um, you know, local people. Although I say, you know, obviously it is mainly there for the community. But I mean, we have people, last night we had someone come from Bath. We've had people come from Swindon before. So for workshops. So, you know, people are coming from outside of the city, but obviously, you know, the majority of people are local. Mm. Oh, Frank, it's just, I mean, I think it's just amazing. And in a world of doom and gloom, and also especially about the high street and how, you know, all we hear is everything closing down. But this, like you say, it's uplifting, colourful. I mean, who doesn't want this on their high street and in Eastern as well? Because for those who don't know, Eastern is a is a very vibrant part of the city, isn't it? It's it's sort of very multicultural. It's very um, there's a great community there. So this is this is even better. So so, but I mean, I think that's just incredible. So there you were. You were hosting the events or organising the events with with Daisy, seeing the artists. And I suppose this does tap in a bit to your photography, doesn't it? It's having this this eye and, and it is to do with art and creativity. And then it also c- connects with your folk house work, with the organising of all the different workshops and everything there. But but you actually, so many people would just think, oh, that would be a nice idea. But you actually did it. And with three young children as well, which I, I just, I think it's incredible. So how how did you do it in terms of, did you, presumably, did you have to write a business plan? Did you have to get funding? I mean, how did you get it to actually, from seeing it and your husband telling you about the space, how did you actually get it to open the door with what you've just described? Um. Well... I mean, I started it all on a bit of a shoestring. So I I only really used a bit of savings. I was lucky I had some money that my grandmother had left me. I, you know, I used a little bit of that, but actually I did not start. I didn't borrow any money. I didn't, you know, 
I've I've all I mean I'm quite um cautious in that respect I you know or yeah I I don't want to have uh, you know I don't want to owe anyone anyone any money so um and I kind of um yeah so anyway that was so it was just on a bit of a shoestring so you know when the shop first opened um there wasn't much in there to be honest but you know I just I you know I didn't take a salary for the first year or so oh I was about to start taking a salary when um COVID hit (laughs) um and then I was like "Hmm, maybe I won't take a salary so you know it was kind of you know I was lucky that we could get by on what Henry was um doing but pretty quickly um it it was all you know it was all ticking along and um working out so I'm very lucky I mean I think you know in terms of like the high street um so Eastern is very is very much community so there is a there is a high street um the shop is not on it um the shop is very much in a residential area so at first I just got so many people being like what are you doing like this is just an insane idea like you need to be on a high street actually I think it it, well it definitely worked in our favor during covid because um you know people didn't want to go into town so um and also they could order things online and just collect from the shop on their daily walks I mean it seems I don't know about you it seems like kind of mad to think about the daily walk um but you know uh, and also it was that was like a real really important part of it to me was being in the community rather than you know I could open a shop you know you can open a shop anywhere but actually being in the community meant a lot to me because I was just really fed up of having to I mean as much as I love Gloucester Road and all of those places I was really fed up of having to sort of you know make a mission to go get a small gift for a friend there wasn't anything like that or if I wanted to do a workshop I had to go into town or to the other side of the city and you know uh, <laughs> Bristol's got so much going for it. Public transport is perhaps not one of the things yeah, that it has going bit for of a it. Bit we- the weak link. <laughs> so, so you know, um, so you know, being able to just get, and also there, we had so many like talented neighbours, <laughs> and I just felt that um, it would be wonderful to be able to showcase those um people so you know we have loads of products that are literally made in bs5 um we have you know a lot of the facility that a lot of the people that come and teach the workshops are you know local as well so um yeah being part of the community was uh, quite important to me mm. and do you think that do you think that was sort of part of the driving force behind it because again going back to what we we're saying when you do something that you that you do really love because obviously you felt so strongly and you wanted to support the community there that whereas some people might think oh if I'm gonna you know you open the shop and you're basically knocking on people's doors or sort of asking people to come in do you think that it felt more natural for you to do that because really what you were doing you're you were providing something to showcase you know you were helping them you're you are you're actually helping your local community to show off all their talents yeah um yeah I think that was an important part and um and also you know having like a a meet you know um you know the workshops are you know an opportunity to come and meet new people and um especially before covid we 
we had a lot of drop-ins and we're just trying to build that up again but you know free community drop-ins where people could come and just crack on with whatever craft project they were working on um and we see them for for you know parents with new babies and that kind of thing um and I, I, I just think, yeah, creating a space where, it, you know, it's more than a shop. It's kind of, you know, hopefully a bit more of a community space as well. I mean, um, yeah, the lockdowns and things did slightly impact that because obviously you couldn't have people in the space. But, you know, I tried, you know, we tried really hard to, you know, make the most. So we got um, two local artists um jade perkin and um david mcmillan to do um a window in the shop that was based on um cloud the cloud busting lyrics the kate bush lyrics so they did this huge thing in one of the windows that was like um i just know that something good is going to happen with loads of like colorful illustrations and um yeah and i you know that was up in the window for the whole of that which was the really bad lockdown the third one yeah that was the really long one wasn't it um so that was up for all of that and it you know people were sending me messages saying you know it's really helping cheer me up or you know what and so just yeah trying to stay a part of the community when it was all you know locked down was quite um was quite important and yeah, and then we, we actually turned that into a print. So then we sold, you know, those. So we collaborated with Jade to turn it into a print. Because um, we do, um, yeah, collaborations with local artists for prints as well. So, um, you, you know, yeah, just things like that. Trying to trying to just <laughs> spread the joy yeah. a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing. Because I mean, when you think about fact, I mean, it's just amazing. So many, and I know, like, we d- obviously on this podcast, we're talking about next chapters. And so often we think about next chapters and so they're kind of like far away next chapters, as in, you know, you know, you do things that you think it's got to apply to, you know, you want to appeal to people like online to all over, not just our country now, you can, you can appeal to customers on the other, you know, on the other side of the world, whatever. But actually... There's so, so much, you know, we're missing a trick and you've you've got this because starting just doing this and right where you live and there, you've got such an amount of support already and you're building something that everyone is enjoying around you every day. I mean, I think that's just magical. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we do, set, you know, we've got an on, we've got the website, we've got online. So we do send things all over the country. Um and, uh, you know, I love our customers. You know, weirdly, we send a lot to Glasgow. Wow. <laughs> so shout out to my <laughs> Glasgow customers. Wow, um, there you go. But, uh, you, know, you know, the priority is for me, you know, because I'm just, I'm so lucky I've got customers that come in every week. Mm. And so, you know, just making sure that um, you're catering for them, that you're keeping things fresh, that you're, um, you know, there's new things coming in all the time. Um you know all of that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh yeah it's really important and uh, and also you know it means that i know what they're looking they tell me what they're looking for they tell me what um what workshops they'd like to do so you know it's makes it quite easy because you get that constant feedback um mm-hmm. which can only be good <laughs> yeah absolutely it does and is that how do you find it It just sort of naturally like you say so you want to have a certain amount of workshops so you can organize that the products that you sell it kind of is it sounds like it's quite 
organic sort of based from that right there the seed of your of the community of what they want yeah yeah definitely and I think um I think I've always I think at the folk house as well when I was like planning the workshops and things um I think you know quite often uh the manager would be like really do you think that workshop's gonna be popular and I'd be like yeah do you think it's gonna be popular and then it would be like super popular and they'd be like oh yeah and I think I've always been quite good at seeing the potential in something that may be not everyone sees I mean that's not a you know a, a lot of people probably have and do have that ability but you know sometimes it just takes a little bit of kind of taking a punt on something rather than you know you can do as many market research things as you want as you know but sometimes it is just a bit of a punt and sometimes you get it wrong you know sometimes I get it wrong but um luckily most of the time it's um on the money yeah that's I mean it's brilliant and you're so you're really you're it's like your gut it's your gut instinct I don't think many people do have that actually Fran I think you're being very modest because I think you know we all go along with the trends and it's very like you say you go look at market research you can keep researching and all these things but to have that and obviously you that started you realized you had that at the folk house so it goes to show how all the different chapters it's all fed into this what you're doing now which is amazing and I think um uh we are working at the folk house and having that experience I think it did teach me to um yeah trust my instinct um and you know that that thing as well there people would say oh do you ever do this or do you ever do this workshop or would you ever offer this course you know and some of them <laughs> some of them was like no we're not going to do that that's amazing oh but just how amazing and just like it must feel for you when you see it and we, and, and also because you've um haven't you got like a collaboration going with the with the record uh, records as well so you so actually you do have music going back to the folk house you do have lots of music around you as well um yeah we're really lucky to have a, um sort of concession with friendly records um so yeah we're able to sell their vinyl which is great because that was something that I really wanted to be able to offer but obviously I didn't know loads about you know so um joining up with them has worked out really well in that respect Mm. and you're supporting all the local independent this is what Bristol's so amazing at uh you know with all the independent and we've had sort of lots of people on this show from Bristol because it just supports indie and independent and you know it really does it's kind of what it's all about so it's you're in the perfect place for it um yeah I mean I think Bristol in general is an amazing city for independence and also for collaboration you know a lot of collaborate together here is something that I really love about the city um so yeah so I think the city in general has that and then yeah we're we're I'm we're lucky that we're in a you know quite a creative little corner of Bristol although I think probably all the corners in Bristol have their little creative I don't know what it is about you that kind of attracts that but yeah, yeah I think it's all the colourful houses I think it gets everyone going all the juices <laughs> flowing so so Frank to, moving on to be continued I mean this is an exciting question because I mean you could do you know what would you like to do is there anything else you would like to do around BAM or you know carry on as you are or is there something that you, in particular you would like to do um well we do have a sort of um vague plan to have a bigger space at the moment the workshop shops we have to 
pack up the tables and pack them down and move all the units around every time there's a workshop. So it's quite labour intensive, uh, which is fine, but uh, it would be nice to have a dedicated workshop space. It would also mean that we could do a lot more for the community. We could have a lot more community sessions. Um, so that is kind of, that. that would be the next step at the moment just trying to build things up so we have a good foundation to hopefully do that that would be amazing and again you can just see it growing and growing because it's it's just going back to what we're saying and I mean it's going back to the success of the folk house look at how I mean that's celebrating a hundred years that this is something that it just it's just everyone is always going to want this aren't they and and the bigger it I suppose you don't want it to get too big but it there's an app there's such an appetite for it here yeah, I mean, like you say, I don't. I, I'm not someone who wants to turn this into like you know a multi-million you know uh, endeavor. Nor would I be able to. <laughs> but but um, I, you know, I'm happy with the size it is, to be honest. But it would just be nice to offer a bit more on that side. Um, so yeah, I, not about growing it. Um, you know, massively for financial reasons. That's more. Um, you know, we're a non-profit, so all of the all of the extra goes into the community. So, being but having a slightly bigger premises would just allow us to do that a bit more effectively. Mm. And was that very important to you to have it as a not-for-profit that for, for this very reason? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it was always a. It was yeah. That was at the very kind of like seed of the idea was that it was you know. It, it's you know there for the community i mean because of covid it ha- the emphasis has become has sort of grown more on the shop side of things because it had to um so now yeah we're just in the process of bringing that all back and um trying to bring the community back into it in those sort of you know free sessions a bit more Mm-hmm. And, and and do you feel do you feel in a way COVID I mean it must have been so frightening uh in terms of you know with the business as well but the fact that do you think in some strange way it has kind of made it stronger that perhaps there's some areas you wouldn't have done but now you're able to sort of grow those as well as going back to what you wanted to do originally oh yeah absolutely I mean I know it sounds a bit mad but you know we have a lot to <laughs> I have a lot to thank COVID for in a way. Like we didn't have a website before, so we had to get online in two weeks. So that was a real kick up the bum because probably I would have still been, you know, floundering on a website now. So that was uh, a real impetus. I think also in that first lockdown, you know, when the sun was shining and it was all like, uh, there was a lot of, you know, support local. So, um yeah, a lot of people found out about us that way that possibly wouldn't have otherwise. So, you know, our um, presence, is that the word, grew quite a lot because of COVID. And then, yeah, the shop expanded a lot um, because, you know, people needed different things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it shifted the focus a lot. So, you know, we're to a point where we're supporting a lot more independent businesses, but that's not a bad thing. And, um, you know, learned a lot. And like I say, being in the middle of the community really helped us out. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, it sounds a bit mad. And obviously I would not, it would have been wonderful for that never to have happened. But, um, you know, 
looking on the bright side, you know, there were there were definite uh, positive outcomes that came from it yeah yeah I, I mean I have heard it said before and you do look on the bright side and that's and that's you know you're colorful and uplifting and that is exactly what we all want so th- thank you for doing that I mean it's so lovely to hear this so for your acknowledgements Fran who would you like to thank who are the people you'd like to thank who have helped you along the way um well I was really lucky when I first started thinking about the shop because um they were just uh, I was like oh, I don't really know what to do I don't know anything about running a shop and and uh, Henry was like well don't you know anyone with a shop and I was like no and then I was like oh hang on how about you know Amy through Bob Jumble oh wait how about Beck at Pryor how about you know all these people and all of them gave me so much Lou at the kiln um workshop so much time like honest um you know advice and you know I think quite often people think that oh all the shops must be like pitted against each other you know and we're all competing against each other but actually and when Covid happened uh like a a sort of Instagram chat popped up uh sort of grew with us all like saying what are you doing about this and what are you doing about that and well I don't know and you know and all all of those things the support is amazing and from that we started a a shop bristol campaign which has now run for three christmases um which is like a poster campaign around bristol just getting people um you know to shop independently um and avoid the uh you know the big bad website um and um yeah so you know i'm really lucky because there's just such a supportive community and around that around um you know the people that come and do workshops like there's so much feedback and brainstorming and all of that um so yes yeah, so i'm really lucky to have that um you know kind of um supportive community really and um obviously henry is a really great help he does you know he does like tip runs and builds websites and all of that which you know helps with deliveries and things like that so you know all the things that he does not get paid for because he has a full-time job of his own Mm. (laughs) Um, and what does um, he do Fran does he do something anything like this is it totally different no well he did work for he did work for Apple for 17 years and then this year he's now moved to tech. Please don't ask me what he does because I don't really understand. He's got one of those jobs. I know those jobs. We've got lots of friends with those jobs. They're, they're very clever. I don't know what yeah. it is. And and uh, and I do try and understand, but I'm not sure I entirely do. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm very lucky to have that. And obviously, you know, all the support of the community of friends who you know told their friends and shared you know I've got friends who shared it in their street whatsapp group and suddenly I was like why am I getting so many orders from Nottingham and it was because our friends up there had been saying to their friends you need to buy from this shop don't buy from there buy it from this shop so you know all of that kind of thing you know is I think yeah I'm just very supported in lots of ways which is very lucky I'm a very lucky person I'm a super lucky person well you are but also you've created it and don't you think this this is something again that comes up and it comes up in conversations I have with friends about the sort of next chapters as such that it can be so frightening to to sort of put yourself over the line to even sort of say it out loud that this is what I I want to do because often 
in the best way in the world, you know, people can come back and be a bit negative or like, you know, you're mad and this kind of thing. But actually, I think what happens, and I found this with, with my books as well, the support that you do have, like you say, from friends, I mean, it does show you your friends, but also, I mean, it's just incredible because I suppose they're just so supportive. I, I hope I'd be the same to somebody else that, you know, they're being you know they see that you're being brave and you're doing it and you're passionate about it and they just want to do everything they can to help you and that is just a lovely side aspect of of doing this as well which I think we we don't really realize is there. Absolutely and I think actually especially when it's like the seed of an idea because I think often I don't know whether this is a female thing I suspect that this is probably a bit of a female thing you know often you kind of these plans and you know, before you voice it to lots of people, it feels a bit stupid. You like, you feel a bit silly. You know, there's a little bit of that, like, oh, I'm thinking about starting a shop. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's like, you're like a little bit, um, not embarrassed, but, you know, it's a little bit intimidating to say it out loud. Um, so, And I think those initial reactions are really important, you know, because if you just get shot down, then probably you're going to go, oh, yeah, no, maybe I shouldn't do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, your friends and family hearing you out and and validating your ideas is really great. And also, I'm very lucky because I haven't had too much of that, of the sort of, you know, oh, how's your little business going? You know, that kind of slightly patronising, like, oh, how's your little thing going? You know, I think with actual businesses, then it's, uh, you know, it. It, it's very it, it's a tangible thing that people can see so um but I know that a lot of people you know a lot of friends get that a lot oh how's your little um you know yeah side project yeah. going? it's not a side project it pays for yeah you know, it's yeah my paying the bills it's it's, yeah. yeah yeah oh no that is frustrating and do you with your children so are you in the shop every day Fran do you and does it can you work does no, it work so I've around got a lovely team I've got a lovely team now so um there are uh, three regular members of staff and then I've got another who comes in every now and then and helps me make things look lovely <laughs> um so yes yeah, so I'm I'm lucky I'm in a few days a week and um uh our youngest started school this year so you know that's sort of the ne- another chapter yes it is um, it is but yeah so um but I am there a lot and but then again you know during the holidays I take as much time off as possible um Eastern really quietens down in August so we don't open as many days in August um I shut for two weeks over um the Christmas holidays so although um you know obviously the shops open right up until Christmas Eve then it's a big long chunk of time off so you know it's not I you know it's not the perfect um uh you know situation but it is um it, it works and you know I am proud that my, my middle daughter uh about two years in so I said um oh maybe I just oh something happened and I sort of you know half jokingly said oh maybe I just won't open the shop today maybe I'll just stay at home on the sofa or whatever and she said um she said oh mummy but I don't know what your boss would say about that and I said what boss <laughs> She said, well, your boss. I was like, Betsy, I am the boss. She was like, mommy, are you the boss? I was like, yeah, babe, I'm the boss. She was like, oh. And it was 
just like the funniest conversation because she was just like so blown away at the idea. I was, I was like, who do you think I'm working for? This like person that's never there and never materializes. So, you know, those kind of um, not role model, role, not role, role model isn't the right word, but, you know, um, them seeing them seeing you work hard for something um, uh, is good. And I'm so privileged that I am able to do it in a way that balances with them. I take them to school every day, I pick them up from school every day, you know, so yeah it's brilliant it's brilliant I mean and you absolutely don't want to upset that boss lady I would imagine because you know she'd probably be quite stern (laughs) and also can I just say going back to Henry the fact that he works in technology this is helping the romance book as well Fran because I get that you're the arty and he's the tech and then you meet at the party I could just no he's actually he's actually very very creative Uh, okay um, okay I have to bring that one in as well yeah he's yeah he did um yeah, he's very creative as well. So oh, I still like it though, the meeting in the parties at yeah, the same house. Yeah. Anyway, anyway I've got to stop this now. So tips and advice. So Fran, somebody listening to this, I mean, there's so much here. that you, I mean, somebody who has got that niggle, the niggle like you had really, and, and first of all, doesn't know what they want to do. So, and again, I keep hearing this because we all think, oh, you know, it means starting from scratch, but nobody is ever starting from scratch, are they? Because you had all your experience, you had your photography, you had your folk house, and somebody listened to this, they've got lots of experience too. And in life as well, especially if you're a parent, you know, a, a daughter, a son, you, there's, you always have got lots of life experience that, that's been thrown at you. So if somebody's listening to this and they think, God, I love the sound of that to create a world, look at that, fits around my family, but also doing something you believe so passionately in and with the community as well what would you say to that person how do they find what the niggle is um well I think I don't know I mean I think I think it um you know I was lucky that there was a gap right so there was something missing from our neighborhood um that I was able to fill um with something that I really wanted to do and I totally appreciate that not everyone is in that position um I think you know if there had already been a bunch of of you know gift shops then there would wouldn't have been room for it so you know I think it's circum you know I'm lucky that it was circumstance but I think um you know your gut feeling is really um important on those things and yeah as you say not dismissing the kind of the other jobs you do because you're always going to learn something Mm. along the way um maybe not from the jaguar car sales room but um (laughs) or maybe how not to do it perhaps (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) but um but yeah um I, i mean i also think you know there's a lot of just do what you you know just follow your dreams or whatever but I think there is a certain amount of realism you know don't throw yourself under a bus just because you know you you think that something's going to be great it might not be and you know some elements of what I do haven't worked out um but just not not letting not letting the small things the small losses uh get in the way of recognizing um the wins if that makes sense you know sometimes it's really easy to focus on what isn't working when um 
actually when you take a step back you're like oh yeah well this is not going too badly yeah no it's such good Um, advice that is such good advice i do that all the time so that is that is i'm gonna yeah you're right you do need to look at what is going well as well and i mean on this subject because something that comes up i mean quite rightly comes up is is in terms of finances and money and you know like you said you know people have got bills to pay and and people are but like you're saying you know people who are who are it's a bit patronizing or little projects but they are paying the bills but somebody who has got bills to pay but would like to do something else i mean presumably with you 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 say a certain amount of salary it's not for profit but you you sort of have to I suppose you have to know what you need to earn and if it's viable for you to make that amount of money out of the out of the project if that makes sense or you do it alongside but but at the same time you know I had all these people saying to me oh well what's your projected earn what's your projected turnover and it's and it was completely like you know that was an area of like all the business planning could not tell me what that was you know going to do because you know I didn't know whether uh, you know anyone was going to walk through the door <laughs> hundreds of people were going to walk through the door you know so I'm, I'm I'm lucky that it turned out but I think being realistic about it and if it hadn't have have worked out you know I was fully prepared to give it a go for a year or so and if it didn't work out you know walk away and I'm still prepared to do that I think um not being afraid one of my friends said to me um that her mum used to just take short leases on on commercial properties on commercial spaces and you know she was like oh she did sandwiches for six months and then she stopped doing that and then another one popped up so she did something else I think you know that thing of uh oh it ha- it has to work it has to work or you know I think if you're if you're willing to just give it a go and then I'm not I love I love and I love what I do but if it all went you know if it all went wrong tomorrow I would be able to go okay well we did that we gave it a go it was good while it lasted and now it's time to move on um it's not embedded in my personality which I think sometimes can fit it can feel like that with you know that it's your entire world yeah I'm lucky that it's not yeah that makes it makes it makes perfect sense it's again it goes back to the whole thing we talk about a bit about you know validation and it's like your like you say your identity but actually like it's you separate yourself from that don't you that you've done your absolute best you're doing your best it's working really really well but like you say if things changed or at the beginning and I suppose that's a better way of going into it isn't it so if there's any way can I give myself a year of this if if you do have savings or can I do it you know alongside what I'm already doing and it means yes it might mean I don't go out so much or I don't see you know but friends will understand but it's it's just giving it that short period of time to just at least have a go which makes you feel better rather than just to spend all your years thinking oh I wish I was doing something else yeah and I think you know you quite often read stories about you know the person who quit their big figure you know nine to five and started a bakery business and is now a multimillionaire. and there's a lot of those stories and there's not so many of real stories you know where people start it alongside their job or you know yeah so I think being real being realistic yeah yeah 
Yeah. And goes back to what we were saying, you know, it doesn't have to, like you say, people say, and you know, is it, it doesn't have to be this big global brand. You're, it's about creating yeah. the life. This is what it's all about. It's about creating a life that you love, that suits your family, and then it makes everyone happy. And isn't that the point of it all? And you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm very much of an opinion of just try and make things a bit better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So a bit of colour. I, I, I read a lot before um, opening the shop, the do books. Um, I don't know if you've come across those, but um, the David Hyatt one, which is do purpose, which is all about building a brand that has a purpose. Um And I think that's, yeah, definitely sort of driving force with a lot of, you know, companies that are springing up, you know, is that it's not just here to make money, it's here to make things a bit better. Yeah. Yeah, well, you absolutely are. And so just very, very finely then. So if somebody does have an idea and they are clear about what they want to do, but again, they're still thinking, oh, should I do it or not? Should I do it? What would you say to that person? Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess you know trust your gut sometimes you do just need to go a little bit on gut instinct and wing it um yeah as long as as long as you're not as long as it's not going to put you in a precarious position then you know go for it I, I think I just I just worry when people are like oh yeah I'm gonna quit everything and follow my dream and it's like uh but it, what 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 repercussions did that have you know yeah as I say I'm very lucky that I was able to do it and you know I was in a position where I I could not take a salary especially when COVID hit um but you know I realized that that's not the case for everyone but I think there is a certain amount of gut instinct that you need to go for and um believing in yourself and your abilities and recognizing your abilities and where you where recognizing your not flaws but the things that you aren't so good at and where you need help i think you know there's often a tendency to just take on all the hats as a small business owner and sometimes you need to go actually i'm no good at accounts i need an accountant i'm no good at you know the marketing i need help with that and you know really being realistic about things and the more you do these little steps all the time that's a feeling that we all you know so many people have a feeling stuck and you're just sort of oh just stuck it just changes doesn't it because life starts to change because you are doing different things yeah exactly yeah well fran harkness you have brought us romance color you've uplifted (laughs) our souls you've brought a great community thank you for being such a fabulous guest on the next chapter Oh, thank you so much for having me. So there you are. What did you think of that? Oh, I love that. Sometimes you just have to trust your instinct. How amazing, though, to think there could be a little gap near you right now just waiting to be filled. Makes you think, doesn't it? What could be done? I mean, how exciting. We're surrounded by possibilities. We just have to, well, open our eyes. Now, if you want to see more of BAM, and I really suggest you do, it is so joyous. The link is in the show notes. If you'd like to keep in touch with me and my books, well, I'd absolutely love that. And you can find me at elliebarkerwrites.com. Send me a little message even. I'd love that. You're listening to the next chapter by Ellie Barker, a flower pot production. I'll be back next week. But in the meantime, go on, find that colour in your life. I know you can do it. And Fran does too. Speak soon. Speak soon.